Let's talk about how spiritual disciplines can strengthen your soul and your ministry. We're calling this series of podcasts E Soul because we're incorporating the knowledge of the Enneagram for our soul. We'll also be bringing insights from our book, Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke. In the stress points of your life and ministry, the Lord has new graces for your soul. In Soul Shepherding and on this podcast, we integrate Christ-centered spirituality and psychology. Christy, we got a beautiful day here in Southern California in springtime, and so we're going to go to the beach. <laughs> now I feel ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> now you feel ashamed. <laughs> Why is that? Because everybody thinks that we're just playing, but we work really hard. <laughs> oh, we've been working all day, and yeah, I, I hopefully people don't think that, but <laughs> hopefully they're happy for us to, to in the uh, middle of the afternoon, take a break, and... Get some sunshine and listen to the waves. You deserve it. <laughs> My uh, image consciousness thinks, man, people have no clue how hard we work. And, uh, <laughs> and you're taking pictures of the, the few times we take a break to play. <laughs> yeah, on Facebook, <laughs> yeah. Advertising it. And Facebook so people page. think we just play all the time. <laughs> sure. Our Facebook page makes it look like we're just li- living it up at the, at the beach and taking walks places and Isn't that with what our my kids life and... looks like, Bill? <laughs> You know, li- you, you, like. you know where your life looks like. You know we're live right now, Christy. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to be talking about uh, anger and shame uh, as it relates to the Enneagram. Thanks for tuning in. We're so happy to have you in our Soul Talks community. And uh, gosh, there could be thousands of you that listen to this at one point or another. We some of our podcasts we have uh, up to eight thousand listens already. So it's fun to have so many people following Jesus with us. And today we're going to be talking about how Jesus blesses your personality. And we have a number of you have been appreciating the Enneagram series. You've got someone to tell us about, I think, Christy. I do. Yes. Hey, Don and Roseanne Ruder, we want to just give you a shout out. They are uh, been elders at the church, served and involved in their church, and travel around the world as missionaries, training teachers and ministering to teachers around the world. And such an important ministry and they wrote saying, um, Hi, Doctors Bill and Christy. I am a longtime listener of your podcast and I love them very much. God is using your Enneagram series in a powerful way. And we just praise the Lord for that. We love hearing from you guys. You encourage us. We would have probably stopped the series by now, but we keep hearing from you and we've got lots more to share. So we keep uh, venturing out on the Lord that, okay, we'll just keep sharing more. And so your feedback really uh, does influence us and we love hearing from you. And also if you're being blessed by Soul Talks, if you'll share it, that's the only way it spreads. It's the only way more people listen is if you share it, because we, we're not like doing big marketing or anything to get other listeners. And we'd love to connect with you in person. If you, It'd be easy if you live in Orange County and uh, maybe you don't have a church to attend Sunday morning. Maybe your church is Saturday night, or you can double dip and go to two church services. But we'll be at uh, Shepherd's Grove in Irvine, California, speaking on the Enneagram. Uh, Becoming Your Best Personality is the first uh, Sunday, and then uh, the next one is Your Path to a New Self, and these will be recorded, so we'll be sharing this with all of you on our Soul Shepherding website and YouTube page, and we'll have clips on our uh, Facebook page as well. A number of you are following us on Facebook, and we've got all sorts of, uh, each week we put uh, a few different little video clips of our teachings on there to just give you a little appetizer, a taste of Soul Shepherding. 
So today, how Jesus blesses your personality. So Christy, we were having a little pre-soul talk here about the Enneagram and the basic emotional postures as it relates to our personality and how God's grace blesses us. And um, we were discussing the theory about there's three triads with the the basic emotions, which we really emphasize in soul shepherding, and the uh, the uh, gut types, eight, nines, and ones, are in the anger triad, and the uh, heart, types, heart types, two, three, two. and four, are in the shame, shame triad, and then the head types, five, six, and seven, in the anxiety triad. And we were talking about how if you understand that core basic emotional posture, once you know your type, you've got to you know land on what type best fits you of the nine, but once you learn that, then you can predict uh, sort of your your key emotion that's going on in stressful situations. And the tricky thing is it might not seem to you that you're feeling that emotion. And that's the power of the Enneagram is that it's taken a deep dive into our unconscious, uh, into the inner recesses of our personalities and helping us to understand motivations and conflicts and stress points and, and sin and, and stuff that's going on in there that we're denying. And so if you trust the the wisdom of the Enneagram, it usually proves to be very helpful in this regard. And so we were applying it to the situation we had last night at uh, the coffee shop yep. where it was, uh, there was some conflict there. Well, the last it was the last time I felt a strong emotion. So I was looking to, okay, when's the last time I felt a strong emotion? And I was like, okay, I felt anger last night. I felt offended. That wasn't shame. That was anger. And I had been praying about that this morning and... And then thinking about it in the context of how is that connected to shame. Right, because you're in the shame right. triad as a heart person. Yeah, yeah. So, so thinking, okay, if the Enneagram is true, then there was shame somewhere in there. Where was the shame? So we were praying, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, bingo, there's the shame. I got in touch with the shame, so I explained it to you. So you said, we'll share with our listeners. So, okay, I'm going to put my image consciousness and my shame aside, even though um, this feels a little embarrassing, and bring you into our world last night. So um, we went to a coffee shop last night, and we were processing a meeting we'd been in, and it was cold, and we'd hiked like nine miles. We were thirsty, so we we ordered a a tall tea to share, and... um, you know, I'm frugal. If you guys don't know me, I'm really frugal. I'm not a spender. In fact, I'd never been to a coffee shop until like eight years ago. It was my first time ordering, you know, going there to order a tea. I was too cheap to to buy <laughs> buy one. So this is a treat for me. This is kind of a big deal. And I had earned uh, kind of a free refill. So I was excited about that. But I'd never used used my free refill because I'm too ashamed to ask for it. <laughs> well, last night we really wanted that free refill on our tea. So I went up to the counter and I asked for the free refill that, you know, I had earned. And the woman behind the counter wouldn't give it to me because she hadn't rung me up. And the woman that had rung me up, when she went to print my receipt, the receipt had gotten ruined in the printer. And so she couldn't give me a receipt. So the woman behind the counter refused me the refill because she said, well, you could have gotten that from one of our drive throughs and just brought the cup in. And she, she was refusing me the refill, but she also wasn't being real specific with that. And so she was, when I kind of pushed back a little bit kindly about it, she says, well, you know, when you're leaving tonight, ask for it and we'll give you the refill then. So, okay. So we waited about 20 minutes and we were ready to go. And I 
and she came over to us and she said, you know, we're, we're closing. You need to leave now. And so I said, okay, could, can I get the refill now? And she said, no. And so I was, I found myself feeling angry that, that here, you know, I felt like I'd been promised something and then it'd been not given to me. And so as I was leaving, I I was angry and you, you'd said something like, well, you could write a letter. I'm like, no, it's not worth it. Like this this is a $2 cup of tea refill. You know, it's not worth Mm -hmm. the time it would take me to write a letter. Uh, I just need to forgive and let go and let it go. But as I woke up this morning, I, I realized why, why am I thinking about that again? Why is there still some anger and some offense in me? So, so I was praying about it. I was saying, Lord, am I just entitled? Like, is this an entitlement problem in me? Mm-hmm. Am I attached to feeling entitled to that free refill? <laughs> or why, why is this still with me? And I was praying about it and saying, I don't want to be entitled. I want to be grateful. And I was thinking, you know, this is crazy. I can afford to spend $2 for a new tea if I wanted. You're like, mm-hmm. why is this hanging on to me? And... So as I was praying about it, you know, I didn't really hear anything from the Lord until we were sitting down to report this podcast and we right. were talking about the Neagram. But in your in your question that you asked the Lord uh, this morning, you you left that with the Lord. I and did. so then yeah. he answered that prayer <laughs> yeah. when we were praying again before the podcast, and it popped into your mind about the the anger that you had and the underlying shame. Yeah, well, because you said, as we were talking about this, you said, you know. So your emotions are all about shame. And I was like, no, my anger last night, I don't think that was about shame. And then we were praying like we always do before our podcast. In the middle of the prayer, it was like, it was about shame, Christy. (laughs) I was shamed because she thought I'd stolen, like I was stealing the refill. Mm -hmm. She thought I hadn't really bought the tea in that shop. And I was asking for something that I didn't like Mm -hmm. pay for, I didn't deserve. And so that, that was... Shaming me. It was such an insult because, mm-hmm. I mean, she doesn't know you and then, you yeah. know, wasn't intentionally being mean or something, but she doesn't know how, how considerate you are, how generous you are, how, how much you help other people and care for other people. Yeah. So anyway, the, the Neagram proved true. <laughs> it was shame that triggered my anger. And then to the point of this uh, soul talk, so how did Jesus come in and bless your personality? Well, he came in and he showed me that that shame that I was feeling that she put on me wasn't wasn't for me to receive. Mm-hmm. I I hadn't done anything wrong, and so his grace relieved me of the shame and the anger. Right. Like I, I don't have to defend myself. I don't have to be angry at her mm-hmm. and defend myself because she shamed me. I'm I'm free of that. I don't have to let that stick. Right. So in the first place, the enneagram is helping you with self understanding. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and, and just reinforcing that demeanor of, of humility and asking God questions, trying to learn about yourself so that you can be more loving to God and other people. This isn't just some big like self-help journey so we can feel better about ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, that's, that's a good thing, but it's a very limited thing. It's, it's really about an expansive life mm-hmm. where understanding and, and being ourself helps us to, to be more gracious to other people to serve the Lord better. Yeah, and for me as a, a shame type, this is a two in the heart triad, it frees me from being too attached to what people think of me and mm-hmm. my well-being being centered on that instead of who I am in Christ, my identity in Christ. So that's where the Negro can free me to find my, my sense of love, my sense of acceptance, my sense of grace, my sense of security and well-being and confidence all anchored in God. Yeah, and so uh, that's just a great example. Thanks for, 
for sharing and for you who are listening, that relates to you, whatever your type is. So like in, um, in my case, as you've heard, if you've been listening to this series, I'm an Enneagram One a perfectionist, which is in the, the gut triad. And uh, in the gut triad, that's the eight nines and ones. The eights are the, the challengers and the perfectionist ones. And, um, and then the nines are the, the peacemakers. We've done some podcasts on the peacemakers because we got a lot of you peacemakers listening in. We love you and thank God for you. And uh, so we who are in the, the gut triad, we're into control, uh, independence. We, we don't want people uh, really like telling us what to do or um, putting us in a corner. We, we just like some certain freedom and space and, uh, and so forth. And um, part of that's natural, but a lot of that's being tweaked and bent away from God's presence and grace. So in my case, uh, many of you know that my scripture that's like the theme for my life is the easy yoke passage, Matthew 11, 25 to 30, and Jesus' um, this most wonderful, delightful uh, blessings he gives us there. When he says, you know, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light, you'll find rest for your souls. And all this is in the context of Jesus showing us the easy yoke. In verse 25 of Matthew 11, abruptly Jesus breaks into prayer, you know, and that's right in the middle of a very stressful situation mm-hmm. where he's confronting some people who have um, not trusted God despite the miracles that Jesus had done in those religious cities. And, uh, and then he, on the dime, uh, through that prayer moment there, he changes his focus to be uh, life-giving and, and uh, in, a, in a very compassionate sort of way, a very gentle way with the people that are right in front of him. And so he shows us the easy yoke. He shows us his abiding in the Father's love, his attachment to the Father and how they work in tandem. And he starts talking about this is a father-son operation, you see. And uh, that's what the yoke is about. Uh, if you're a Bible student, you might be aware that the easy yoke is, uh, uh, in Jesus' day, rabbis had a yoke, and that was their teaching. And so Jesus' teaching is very different than the teaching of the Pharisees and religious leaders, which was quite legalistic. And so Jesus is offering grace. Uh, if, you, if you go a little deeper into reflecting on this easy yoke and what is it, uh, it takes us to an understanding that it's about relationship. It's about a different way of being in relationship with God and other people. And so what we say uh, through the lens of psychology is that, well, the easy yoke is an attachment. It's a a bonding. And Jesus is offering us the secure attachment of the father and son, intimacies and knowledge. It's the best and healthiest and most loving relationship. And that's, that's the easy yoke. And we all need that. But particularly for us who are control types, we, we need a yoke in the way of, of submission, of uh, release, and not trying to control things, uh, but getting into the flow of the Spirit and uh, trusting and depending upon the Holy Spirit. And so that's why that passage has just been so life-giving for me, why I've been so drawn to it, wrote a whole book on it, Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke, and uh, lots of times uh, that's one of the things we'll be talking about at Shepherd's Grove uh, because it's been so powerful for me, and so it's easy for me to then share that with you who are listening. That's good. Now, what about for the five, six, and seven who are in the fear triad? Yeah, so they are uh, in insecurity. 
in, in a, the fives in uh, gathering, even hoarding knowledge or money or resources to feel more secure. Uh, the fives are the investigators or the observers, and they're always taking in more to feel secure. And then the sixes are the loyalists, and uh, they manifest their insecurity and their anxiety by affiliating with authority figures and uh, people with power, uh, following the rules and these kinds of things to feel like they're approved of and they're going to be okay, and that helps them feel more secure. And then the sevens, which are the enthusiasts, the uh, life of the party, always planning uh, something else fun to do. They're really into pleasure and making people happy. And so the sevens manifest their insecurity and their anxiety around sort of hoarding pleasurable experiences and plans for something coming up that'll be fun. And uh, they're always uh, trying to get more of that stuff. And they like to have people sort of uh, um, waiting for them and being drawn towards them to have fun with them. They like to have lots of options of people that they could connect with and don't realize that that a lot of times they sort of expect you to like move towards them quickly to engage them with something fun or be available when they want you, but that they're not doing that for you. When you contact them and say, hey, let's get together, you don't heal back from them because they're like playing all their options in their head and, and, and spinning all these plates and they're not sure which one's going to be the best one for them. And, they're, and so these are all ways that we get caught up in our, yeah. in our personality. I think for the, for the five, six, and seven, yeah, they're all three in, in some different ways, depending upon their, their own abilities to analyze and to plan for their security. Yeah. So one of the things the Enneagram predicts is they need help finding, instead of insecurity, security or safety uh, in relationship where they can be honest about their, their wounds and their hurts and their needs and uh, their fears and to be accepted, to receive grace. And as part of that, they need to, to quiet quiet themselves. They need a, a quiet mind. The, uh, the head types have very uh, busy brains. they got a lot of stuff going on in there. They might look calm, but uh, especially the fives, but, but they're not. They're, there's just a lot churning in there. They're, they're thinking, and they're analyzing, and they're worrying, and they're uh, strategizing to try to get more resources so they can feel more secure. And so the Lord wants to help uh, all of us uh, to become more aware of what's going on underneath, on the inside, and to pray about that, to talk to safe people about that, because then we can transcend the limitations of our unhealthy personality. And that's what these nine types are, is they are nine unhealthy personality patterns that we get stuck in. They're kind of things we yoke to, that we're, we're it's a yoke that we're carrying through our life. It's It's... Way we're seeing and relating to the, to the world. Yeah, like how the God. Pharisees had a, had a yoke that was legalistic. In our personality, we have a particular yoke, a, a pattern, a, a way of thinking and feeling and relating that is is not trusting in the Lord. Right. In fact, it gets in the way of our depending on Christ. Yeah. So this is one of the big insights that the Enneagram brings us is that. Uh, our personality is something that we need to transcend. We need to go to the cross with that, and since we need, we need to die to that, we need to say, okay, I'm going to stop depending on the limitations and, and unhealth of my personality in order to be okay, 
and I'm going to depend on Jesus. I'm going to st- start swimming in the stream of grace. So, um, yeah, we're talking about your uh, personality, how Jesus blesses your personality, and hopefully, if you haven't already, you're learning to identify which triad are you in. Are you in the control triad, struggling with anger, the eight, nines, and ones? Are you in the image triad, struggling with shame, two, threes, and fours? Or the insecurity triad, the anxiety, the basic emotion there? And this, these are hard things. This takes a lot of courage to really see and admit about yourself. I mean, I think about how many years I was so defended against seeing this in me and, you know, how painful it feels to think, ooh, that's me, that's what I'm doing, that's what, you know, that's what is so important to me or driving me so much. And, you know, there's, we want to defend against that. We don't want that to be true. You know, I, I think of the last time you became aware of your your kind of resentment or your control, and I saw you physically wince. I mean, you just looked almost sick upon the realization of when you, when you became aware of it. And I felt such compassion for you in that because I know that pain when we're confronted with it, when we see it. And yet it's so helpful because it gives us the opportunity right then and there to, to turn it over to the Lord and to get free of it and to repent of it. Say more about the hope here. What 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 is sort of the the in, inspiration and winsomeness of the enneagram? Why why do this inner work? You know, you and I are, are therapists, you know, trained uh, for decades, and so maybe it's a natural fit for us, but probably some some of those listening and not as much so. Because it it just leads us to such freedom, freedom to open our souls to God's touch of grace, to really have Him. And his, his gospel, his truth, respond to his, his ministry to us. We can actually receive it when we let down these defenses that are keeping us closed from it, that are barriers to it. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to have something that can identify that you know, for us, what is it that our, the defenses that we've developed to get through life, our coping mechanisms... You know, as psychologists, we we talk about defense mechanisms as being good. They're not always bad. We need them to survive. They're helping us to cope. They help us to cope, yeah. But there comes a time where they hurt us more than help us. And so that's where the Enneagram can help guide us along. Yeah, because defense mechanisms that are unconscious are controlling us without Mm -hmm. our choice. And they're taking us into uh, patterns of unawareness and what we're not aware of, we we can't uh, submit to God. We we can't um, we can't pray about, and we can't harness for uh, positive uh, directions of love. And this is so important. If you're listening to this podcast or learning the Enneagram, it's going to be easier for you to see other people's defense mechanisms yeah. and where they're getting it wrong. It's going to be much more clear for you than where you are. And be really gentle and compassionate with that scene. And um, pray for them and empathize with them and encourage them. Don't use it to judge them. Think of Jesus' teachings about, you know, taking the log out of your own eye. <laughs> um, because that's, what, that's how the Enneagram is really helpful. If you really use it to open your soul vulnerably, to see what, where am I defended against what my type tells me. 
Yeah, so just uh, quickly before we close here, an example from me uh, in my life and how the Enneagram is helping me even today. So as a one, something I've learned over the years is that we perfectionists are prone to think that, well, I, I need to have the right idea or whatever project I might be working on uh, and other people with me, I'll feel like it's up to me. I, I've got to make this happen. Now, I know better. I know that it's up to the Lord, and and I'm with Him in that. And I know that there's uh, other people, but I my personality will take me into a place that that I'm I'm just totally relying on Bill, and I'm under this burden and this pressure. And so then there's my my I get over earnest, and I try too hard. And then that's where I can start to feel like resentful, like, like I'm carrying all this, and then I could get judgmental of the people that aren't helping me like they could. And so realizing this helps me to take the hand of Jesus and walk into the father and son intimacies, into a different personality, into a secure attachment with God and an easy yoke. And so that helps me now to, to follow the, the wisdom the Lord has given me in, in my work uh, leading soul shepherding. Uh, with you, Christy, which is to walk this out with Jesus in community. And so this this morning, I've been doing a lot of community through <laughs> connecting with some people that are partnering with us in, in different ways uh, on our staff team and um, uh, uh, board members and advisors, diff- different people that are helping us. And I've asked for help because I'm I'm recalibrating a bill. This isn't all up to you. You're not alone here. Uh, you're in the easy yoke with Jesus, and he's given you a community, and there's people that care about you and people that are, are following Jesus and praying for you and people that want to help. They want to do stuff. I'm seeing that, and I'm loving it. And one of the reasons I'm loving it is because I'm seeing that your work in this is it's making you more loving, I'm feeling more loved by you instead of you feeling like you got to grind all this work out yourself. And I feel like ignored and isolated and left waiting. Um, You're working with people. You're you're involving me in that, which I want to be involved. And you're also more present to me than when you're not working and you're more loving and you're, and you're happier and you're more able to really enter into the moment with me too. Thank you. That is, that's encouraging. That's what I want. And it illustrates the point that as we discover our personality and the, and the limitations of that, the, the dysfunction and destructiveness of that, and we, and we begin to, to accept that, confess that as a, a shortcoming and pray to God for help with that and seek God's grace and journey with other people who are, who are helping us uh, to get re-attuned, re-lined up to the God of grace it, it does free us up to be more loving to the mm-hmm. people around us. Because yeah. if I'm putting all these burdens on myself and I'm this pack animal just carrying these, these you know, big loads on my back, I, I get bowed down in depression and discouragement and I start feeling bad and poor me, self-pity, and then I'm getting resentful and I'm just slogging along trying to do all this. And then I might getting irritated with other people that they're not, they're not working so hard or they're not helping me. And it's like, well, but I created this. <laughs> and then you miss out on family times, connecting with our daughters or granddaughter, you know, those kind of things too. Yeah, I was like really in this like 30 years ago when we were just starting out. And so, yeah, it's a powerful thing when you can learn your your personality type and your your ways of functioning in this world. And Enneagram's the best tool we found for doing this work. So thanks for journeying with us on this. Jesus, 
we're so grateful that you call us into your easy yoke and that you are, have given us this tool of the Enneagram that helps us, that you use it in your spirit to help us to identify where we're relying on ourselves and to identify where we have root sins that we need to repent of over and over and over again and receive your grace and your love and the better way that you're inviting us into of trusting you instead of ourselves. Continue to teach us, Jesus. Amen. You can order a copy of our book, Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke, on the Soul Shepherding website or Amazon. I love how Bill's book engages us with the Lord Jesus to help us distress and thrive in life and ministry. Each chapter features inspiring teaching, Bible studies, spiritual discipline experiments, and soul talk questions. It's great for personal devotions or small groups. You can follow Soul Shepherding on Facebook and by getting our weekly blog in your email.